Hello and welcome to the Christchurch Fox Chapel podcast, the fastest growing conservative, evangelical, charismatic Anglican podcast in the entire Fox Chapel area. And today I'm joined by some bloke called Ben that we found in the street. Hello. And uh, also joined by a real live, actual seminary scholar, Mr. Andrew Bellock. Welcome, Andrew. Hello, all. And as the plaintive strains of Los Yetis fade into the background, we're turning to the book of Revelation, chapter 3. It's the uh, church in Philadelphia, verse 7. Who will read for us? I would love to read for us. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, The words of the Holy One, the true one, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens. I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. That's quite a sound. That's the sound of a door closing. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> to scripture. Behold, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie. Behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet, and they will learn that I have loved you. Because you have kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. I am coming soon. Hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it, and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven and my own new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. There is a sense that the enemy doesn't want us to do this. A chainsaw drove us inside. An impact driver is now at work underneath us. I have absolutely no idea how that's happening. Cause there I just is stepped nothing. on a cheese it you so that's also oh, yeah, just adding the, the list. What a terrible day. Cheez-Its are the work of the enemy. I agree. In, in England, we have Watsits, and they're cooked in healthy fat. They're much better for you. Interesting. That also sounds much delicious. Much less delicious. <laughs> well, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> oh, I could try it. So, but yeah, if the enemy doesn't want us reading this passage, I say we read it all the more, eh? There we go. Sounds good. That's, and that's spoken like a, a young buck of the seminary. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, here we are, church number six, reading this, this circular letter. We call it that, uh, to the seven churches. And um, there's this, uh, the name, the word name comes up a lot in this yeah. passage. Just like it? last week. Yeah, Ben was pointing that out last week. Mm -hmm. Name, onoma, it just comes up a lot. Um, let's begin, I think, with this, this uh, phrase, nonetheless, uh, the, the open door. That's just interesting, isn't yeah. it? Verse mm -hmm. 8. Anything strike us here? Yeah, well, it's going back to Jesus' introduction of himself. Um, he, the holy and true one who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens. Now here he is holding an open door for them, which no one is able to shut. He's using his own power and his own character to give them access through, uh, through this door. Mm. Um, and I, doing a little bit of reading about this passage, because I'm, I'm preaching on it, but have not written a sermon yet, um, 
I think there are a couple different ways to look at the open door. Sometimes Paul talks about an open door to ministry, mm. um, and he talks in several places about like the opportunities that were presented to him. He talks about it as an open door. Um, I think the context here would better fit the idea of granting access to the kingdom of God. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than we talk about open doors for opportunity, like an opportunity. I Christ, think here, Christ is the door, Christ opens the door, Christ stands at the door. Yeah. It's an yeah. image that we get a lot. Exactly. I think it's more about access to the kingdom of God. Right. Uh, than it is like earthly opportunities. So no one has no one has the power to prevent Jesus from saving his church. Yes. Right. And that's another idea that comes up in scripture quite a fair bit. In John we have uh, no one will take those from my hand, or however the phrasing goes. At the end mm. of the book of Romans, uh, Paul writes, I'm convinced that nothing will separate us from the love of God. And here we have, no one is able to shut this open door. So it really goes to show that there is nothing that can surpass the power of God. Yeah, yeah, that's really, really encouraging because uh, they don't, they're not a powerful church. No. I know that you have but little power. Not an influential church. Uh, and yet you've kept my word and have not denied my name. So the positive thing, kept the word, and the, and the, the positive negative thing, you've not denied my yeah. name. It, it, it makes me think, too, of in the synagogue of Satan, the Jews in that, mm. the city that have clearly rejected them, did they experience from them a closed door? Like, did they get the door slammed in their face, metaphorically or literally, um, in, in casting them out and persecuting them. Um, mm. And here Jesus is saying, here's an open door that no one can shut. Right. And there'll be this power reversal yeah. that takes place. Yeah. As we see several times. And in Second Corinthians, we have, my power is made great through weakness. And with, so here Jesus is saying, I know you have but little power. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Continues this idea of the power reversals. Yeah. I, it actually made me think of in that verse, verse 9, I will make them come and bow down before your feet, and they will learn that I have loved you. Um, made me think of Joseph and his brothers. Oh, the image. Yeah. Vision. Yeah. Joseph had this vision of uh, stocks bowing down before him or the sun and the moon. Uh, the stars bowing down before him as the sun, and which yeah. caused his brothers to hate him, and they cast him in prison, and then... He had this whole redemption arc of becoming a prince of Egypt, and then they came and bowed down before him, this power reversal. Uh, The imagery actually seems quite in line with that. A lot of Revelation is concerned with with the end, Mm -hmm. and we've not had so much of that in the series so far. It's, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's woven through the letters, but it's not really been the big subject um, in some respects. and then, it, but here it seems to be a bit clearer, right? Um, so the bowing down. Then uh, verse ten: Because you've kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. I'm coming soon. So yeah. the end is nigh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it's interesting how Jesus uses this idea of I am coming soon, which he says in several of the letters. Some of the letters he says as a warning. Right. Like, look out, I'm coming soon, repent, mm. change your ways. Here he says it as an encouragement. Mm. Like, hold fast to what you have, uh, 
continue that patient endurance, I am coming soon. And it's a word of redemption and hope. Yeah, no longer talk of tossing out the lampstands. This is almost, I'll make you glow brighter. Yeah. Hold fast to what you have, so that no one may seize your crown. So there's another great revelation image. Yeah. The crown, the crown of life. Mm-hmm. It's been given to us. And so let's, let's move uh, just from the text a moment to, to, to our own experiences of walking as Christians. Clearly, this is something that, that comes to us. Uh, maybe you're the only Christian in the office. Um, I mean, I hope you're not, because you are at a seminary. But yeah, that would I'm, be a little surprising. I'm also not the only Christian in my office. No. Which is nice. No, because you, well, yeah, your own private office. My own cubbyhole? Yeah. Yes. I'm the you're, only Christian in my own cubbyhole. Your, uh, your office under the stairs, <laughs> like Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it would be, it, we might feel weak. We might feel like, uh, like the church is weak. And um, we might well feel as though there are people around us really laying on us this burden of being a Christian. Can you defend your faith? Do you really believe it? And all these temptations. And And the ever-present comments, well, I was reading on the Internet. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's right. Everyone's an expert. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone is, aren't they? Um, To the one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Yeah, it, really interesting phrase there because he's talking about the new Jerusalem uh, and which he says later has no temple in it. Like there is no temple because God will dwell with his people. Mm. Um, and so for them to be a pillar in the temple of my God is, you know, clearly it, it's just more clearly a metaphor because there will be no temple. But they're kind of a foundational part of this new Jerusalem. And they're, they're a, a source of stability and strength. And, te- uh, and temple, temple is one of those words uh, that, that has various meanings in scripture. They're all good things, yeah, but there, yeah. there's this. Uh, it's loaded. Well, it's funny, it's funny that the bad guys have a synagogue, but the good guys have a temple. <laughs> That's like. Yeah. Ah, you've just got a synagogue. It's like, oh, the Church of Satan. Well, the Cathedral of Jesus. Like, it's a bit of an upgrade. But this yeah. temple is always this place of the presence of God. And, um, you know, we're probably listening and reading to the same people, reading the same people. Tom Wright's got some stuff there about the temple isn't just yeah. representative of God, but it actually is the presence of God. Yeah. It's heaven on earth. Jesus calls himself the temple as well. Like, it's, it's him. Yes. That is our dwelling place. And one, then we become a temple of the Holy yeah. Spirit. One could probably write a whole book on all the uses of temple within Scripture. Just, it would sure be such there, a fascinating word I'm study. I'm sure there have been books. Yeah. Well, Tom Wright writes one, you know, roughly every three weeks. Yeah. It's a thousand page. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> scholarly book on this sort of thing. The, the temple is clearly good. It's clearly big. It's clearly holy. It's clearly the presence of God. It's clearly us, it's clearly Jesus, it's mm-hmm. clearly the Trinity. It's clearly both Old and New Covenant, it's a big deal. And, and to be uh, an integral part of the supportive structure of the temple is a major claim. Yeah. Uh, also throne, judge, crown. You've got kingship, you've got judge, you've got priest, you've got this, all this imagery here for the people of God. And you, against that, have 
this uh, synagogue of Satan, it's yeah. starting to look pretty shoddy. Yeah. Yeah. And they get three new names. Oh, really? Uh, How's this? Which then? is amazing. They, I will write on, on him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, and my own new name. Ooh. So yeah. the name of God, the Father, the name of God, the Son, the name of the city of God, which would have been nice if it was the Spirit as well to complete the Trinitarian thought. But uh, yeah, the, the name of God himself, the name of God's eternal dwelling, our eternal dwelling place with God, yeah. the name of Jesus, the Son, that is written on them that they have claim to. Um, mm. It's yeah. so interesting because names are such a huge part of our identity. To be given this promise of three whole new names, it's almost like yes. three whole God-given identities, which we're, yeah. in God's case at least, commanded to treat with reverence. Mm -hmm. Right, and if they're, if they're a weak or vulnerable church uh, with mm -hmm. little power, they're nobodies, they're no names. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Until uh, the Reverend Ben Hughes brought up last week that the na your name is your reputation, and reputation mm. is your is your name, and how they've been perceived as weak, as as nothings, as you said, and, and now they're being given these names of incredible power and glory and eternal uh, stability. What what comes up if you Google Wolpe? Uh, only my family. We are the only Wolpes in the world. Wow, that's great. It is. I actually, very just, unique. I actually just Googled uh, my name a few days ago, and the first result was Pittsburgh Theological Seminary, actually. Oh, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, it was a Google link to the seminary, <laughs> so I did not see that coming. <laughs> For me, I share the Reverend Alex Shuttleworth with, with a pervert who was caught in a very unseemly place in mm. Scotland. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Also, the guy who keeps trying to use your email to scam me. Yeah. Oh, you cards. can find that guy. That guy. Yeah, I got another one from him yesterday. Oh, Connie got one from him as well. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't learn, does he? No, he doesn't. I really thought after that one time he wouldn't email anymore. This is no, surprising I've gotten, to hear. I've gotten dozens from... This is part of his plan some email to scammer. seem authentically like me. He just yeah. He's unteachable. <laughs> I think that's, that's... I respect him for that. <laughs> <laughs> he, is, he is determined. We'll give him that. I wonder if the other Reverend Alex Shuttleworth is getting this stuff as well. <laughs> You can only thrills. imagine. Hey, have we gotten off topic? No. A little bit? No, 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 okay. no not at all. No. I think no. it's the fumes from your, your cheese it's puffs. It might be. Because <laughs> they're getting into cheese our it. systems. Cheese it, sorry. Never uh, shall he go out of it. So this promise, we've returned to verse 12 for those that aren't tracking with the text. Uh, there's this promise of, of an uh, unremovable presence of God experience. Yeah. So at the moment, these lampstands, they can be removed, but a time is coming when they cannot be. Yeah. And he gives this, this picture of the everlasting kingdom and uh, this eternal glory, but they're not there yet. And, mm. and I like that he gives them this vision and says, here's how you get here. And it's just hold fast to what you have. Um, and I, I appreciate that. That's in verse uh, 11. Hold fast to what you have. I appreciate that in that he's saying, you have everything you need for this. Mm. Just hold fast to it. Um, you don't need anything new. You don't need anything flashy. <laughs> Just hold fast to what you already have, which is sufficient. 
Oh, and isn't the temptation always to be looking for the next best thing? Yeah. Yeah. Always. Next shiny idea, the next shiny house, next shiny car. You always want the next thing. It's like, if I just have this, everything mm. will be so much easier. Yeah. You know, hold fast to what you have. You've got what you need. Keep that patient endurance. And he's holding open that door for them. Yeah. And he's, and no one's going to shut it. He's going to make sure that they get in that they run the race with endurance and they're gonna cross that threshold mm. into the kingdom. Patient endurance is just, it just gives a hint to the fact that this is not a pleasant time. No. The last days in the church are not always easy. There will be terrible screaming noises. Like, I don't know if this is coming out on the recording, but there is an unbearable noise coming from the basement beneath us. It sounds a little bit like weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yeah, I just thought the sound effects budget skyrocketed. Well, what, what really strikes me as intriguing is there is no basement beneath us. So yeah. if this noise is coming from the bowels of hell, that it checks it checks yeah. out. It yeah. makes sense. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, we got it. So quick glimpse of the final days of the church, as you're saying. Yeah. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be lovely if they weren't making that noise? <laughs> so um, the new Jerusalem, there's a sense of newness. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Like this, this decaying world. Um, you know, we get we get things and they tarnish, and they break. But this this decaying world will be replaced with something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what a message of hope that when will this happen? We have in verse eleven, "I am coming soon." Yeah. I think we talked about PC Marshall's good mile before at some point but I did a hiking trip as a kid and uh, was a policeman who led led the route march and you know we would say you know PC Marshall how how far is it and he would say oh a good mile and I'm like PC Marshall how long will it take oh a good hour and it was just gibberish it was a placeholder it was soon it was there was we didn't know it, it, it was just something for him to say so when Jesus says I'm coming soon um is that just gibberish? Is that just nonsense? Is that just to keep us quiet? Mm. It doesn't seem like something Christ would say. No, I, I think I read it as, um, as a sign, as a, a call to our readiness, and just to be ready, to be prepared, to be expectantly hopeful mm. for His coming. Um, and soon is whatever Jesus defines it as, <laughs> because He has the power to define all of that. Uh, mm-hmm. A day is as a thousand years to him, and um, a thousand years as, as a day. So I, I, I think it's more for our benefit to make us ready than it is to set a timeline. Mm. Yeah, to be ready, to hold fast to what we have. And maybe that's why the phrasing is because you have kept my word about patient endurance. It's knowing Jesus is coming soon, mm. but not being able to know when exactly soon means just, uh, brings about that patient part of the endurance. Knowing it will be a day. He's coming. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's... And that's so important because right now, not only do we have the intolerable burden of the screeching noise in the basement, but that itself is a living metaphor for this pandemic season that we're in. <laughs> you know, when will it end? Well, we don't know. 
Yeah. We, we've actually, for the first time in a while, come up against something that we can't fix. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's really annoying people. Yep. Yeah. And we still haven't quite adjusted, I don't think, our thinking to this. It isn't just fixed. It hasn't just gone away. And we haven't just come up with a solution. Mm. Really, kind of nothing's changed, actually, this year. Yeah. Um, and we're not very good as a culture at patience, and we're not very good at suffering either. No. No. Especially when a whole bunch thought, oh, this will be just like two months or so, and here we are in August at this time, mm. and just pretty much we're starting to realize this is going to be another good while. Yeah. Well, I think that's too where we got to realize and we got to keep our eyes on what Jesus is holding out to us. Yes. He's not holding out the hope of future uh, return to comfort and return to normal. <laughs> Jesus is holding out the hope of future eternity and the glory of heaven for us. He's holding that door open not to go back to the way things were a year ago. He's holding the door open into a completely new reality of the glory of heaven. Um, and that's what he's giving us access to and holding that door open for us. The, the Wolpian crescendo <laughs> matches perfectly with this satanic screech from below. Wow. And, you know, almost as though live in this room, this, there's this synagogue of Satan beneath us. And we've been transported into the temple through these remarks. I greatly enjoyed it. I think there is only one thing that will finish this podcast nicely, and of course that is the plaintive strains of Los Yetis, who actually, as I think about it, do sound a little bit like a reciprocating saw in the basement. Anyway, this has been a podcast of Christchurch Fox Chapel. We're very grateful that you joined us, and hopefully we'll hear each other next week for the last church in this series, and that's Laodicea. There's some spitting going on. The kind of spitting people do when they accidentally inhale a cheese it from the floor. God bless. <laughs> See you soon.